Hello and welcome to episode number 30 of the Midiera Meets podcast, where we speak to a wide range of people from the music world. On the show this time we have Ruby from Yumi and the Weather, who's a tremendously talented uh, singer, songwriter, musician and producer based on the south coast of England. Ruby's released a number of um, albums and EPs and um, she's also heavily involved in the production of her music videos which are absolutely amazing as well. Uh, And in the interview we both talk about our sort of mental health issues and um, ways of overcoming and dealing with them. You can now donate to the podcast via PayPal. You can also donate via Ko-fi or GoFundMe if you like. And we have a new inductee into the Midi Arpeggiation Hall of Fame. So thank you very much to Jeremiah Johnson for your generous donation. All the donations go back into the running of the show and are greatly appreciated. Okay, let's get on with the interview then. And the first thing I asked Ruby was about her musical beginnings. Okay, um... Well, uh, I suppose I just, I had like a little tape player, um, like a recorder, and I just like, I must have been quite young because I've captured like me singing little songs um, on this tape like player. And I used to record like at the dinner table, just um, my family. And I've got this, it's quite sad in a way, but like, because my parents aren't together anymore. And uh, I've got this really sweet, recording of like just us all at the dinner table together Um, and then also I think yeah I I need to like I need to dig it out because it's it's definitely around somewhere and also on the cassette I've written a little song my first ever song which is about cats (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like how much like yeah (laughs) like how much I love them and how much they're like the hell how sweet they are (laughs) yeah so um (laughs) That was like the beginning of like recording, you know, like producing. Um, and then I suppose, yeah, uh, music wise. Yeah, it's, it's funny, really, because I, 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 I've twiddled like on my dad's guitar. Like I'd pick my dad's guitar. Well, like, I wouldn't even pick it up because it's so massive. It was like a 12 string acoustic. And I just used to like just playing with the strings, like all, all as one. Um, and then I think I'd like learnt Baba Black Sheep, like just like hearing it, I sort of worked it out. Um, and then, you know, did the whole recorder thing at school, choir. Like I wanted to sing, but um, I wasn't actually very good. Like I think my voice was very kind of sort of, I was so shy, like, but I, I just liked being a part of it, but I just didn't project my voice. Like I didn't want everyone to hear it. I wasn't fussed about like, I'll listen to my voice. It was more like, I just like singing, like quietly for myself. <laughs> yeah, there are certain um, people that are like that. They're like, everyone must hear me sing now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like opera singers are just like, like they just want all the attention. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, no, they're lovely. But um, yeah, I suppose, then I, I actually started violin. I think because my friend was an amazing violinist um, at a young age. He was kind of like a sort of... Um, yeah, I suppose you call it child prodigy, is it? Um, on the violin. So I sort of was just like, wow, like I wanna, I wanna play, because he's, you know, really good. I was like, oh, I wanna like learn, but I wasn't actually, like, it was just very hard. Uh, like, I didn't really get, I didn't practice enough, and I think like, 
my dad was obviously playing guitar um, and he had to sort of teach me a few bits. And then in the end, I was like, actually, I think I just want to play guitar. And he taught me for, like, every time I used to see him, like, he'd, we'd, like, learn, you know, the typical Oasis and um, Jimi Hendrix. And, yeah, and, like, I, I think what actually really, uh, the first guitarist that really inspired me was actually Jimi Hendrix. Like, I heard his music in the car and it just, like, it created this, like, I just felt my heart like really warm and like it was like this excitement of like wow like like the that yeah so I think that's what got me into more electric guitar um but on the side I was I my mum then started me on like classical Spanish guitar which was really useful for like finger picking and I suppose I learned to read a little bit of music but I learned it in colour which was um a sort of silly way really in the end because it meant that when I read black and white notes I just had to almost work it out a different way so it was a little bit of a waste of time um but it was just interesting sort of it was just quicker for me I think color was just quicker um so I could could read it but I wasn't reading music I was just reading color but yeah um I suppose that was the sort of journey from like the beginnings like um and yeah I remember like my first performance playing guitar in front of the whole school like going to it was like year seven and I I had to do a little performance of one of my classical pieces and I just still remember the amount of sweat that my hand <laughs> gave like I've never had a, such a sweaty hand in my life still to this day <laughs> and it was just yeah it was an amazing like, feeling because it was just you can't even see your hand because there's so much sweat on it <laughs> <laughs> just like glazed like the light was just shut like reflecting and yeah no no it wasn't that bad <laughs> but um yeah it was it was a really weird feeling because like at school I wasn't like um I knew a lot of people and I didn't have like close like loads of close friends but it was I was kind of more of a lone ranger at school like just doing my own thing and I think it was just nice to like do something um like I'd worked on for a while and then showing them because I don't think they really I never used to really talk to people about it so it was just quite a nice like I, and then I was going to high school to sort of start a band so it was almost like a send-off of like this is my this is my um thing so yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you remember what piece yeah. it was what piece did you play oh my god um Jesus, you know, actually, I don't actually remember because I remember at the time there was like a few classical songs I was learning. So um, I literally, it could have been either one of those. I should have, I should be able to remember, but That's for some right. reason, I thought I you were going to say that you you can't. were like rocking out to all along the watchtower or something in front of his. No, <laughs> it was more classical. So like, it must have been like either like Spanish romance or um, I think it might have been that. I'm uh, yeah, I really can't remember even the songs that I did learn from that period, like, because I haven't played them in ages, I just literally can't even remember. Like, I recognise some of the melodies, but I learned, like, I, I read loads of um, music back then. Now I'm just like, uh, what's A? What, what's, <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's that one? And then, yeah, just it's, like, it. slow, but... Um, yeah. yeah. I think Oasis... I, I just love hearing music. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think Oasis is a really good uh, starting point for, for guitar. You can play so many of their songs with like three or four chords, with like their big yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was my favorite. I just like, I was just like, oh yeah, it was so fun. Um, yeah, yeah, um, I love that song. There is so many. I think yeah, I started out like self-taught on the guitar with Oasis, and um, mm. it was really amazing to see them live before they broke up. 
and be like, that's the guy who's played all of the things that I've been playing like for 15 years on guitar. Like, that's the guy that. Yeah, that's so sweet. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah he played. Um, Noel Gallagher played uh, "Don't Look Back in Anger" on acoustic only for for this big for oh. an Oasis gig I went to, and uh, yeah, that was the track that I that I basically learned the guitar with. Um, but yeah, very nice, easy way into into music um, through the guitar, and also yeah, the tape recordings yeah. are fun, aren't they? Um, do you still find yourself making those funny little recordings? Mm, I I use my phone to like capture little songs now. Um, when I don't want to like set up the whole thing, I think sometimes it's just like nice to get really quickly in the moment. And also, I like the sound of phone recordings. There's that sort of like, you know, the lo-fi sort of vibe, um, very tinny. So I do actually like um, phone recordings with acoustic stuff. Um, I think I think I will bring out like a f- entirely recorded on the phone acoustic EP at some point. That would be great. Because... <laughs> um, yeah, I just really like the sound. Um, I try and imitate that sound on Logic or like the computer. So right. it's sort of, um, might as well just do it like, I think it's good practice as well because we're so used to just recording and then if it's not perfect, we have we can do it again. But with, with trying to do it in like, a, you know, the eight track style or like, you know, you just have to do it. That's how they used to do it. So people would be actually more, I think probably better musicians because they have to just really get that, um, you know, juggling of voice, voice and guitar, like right, instead of doing it separately, which is kind of what I do um, at the moment. I do a lot of things separately. So performing live, I'm just crapping my pants because I'm like, <laughs> if I miss that little bit of cue, then I'm, I've, you know, it's sort of, yeah, I'm a bit of a perfectionist live, so that kind of gets me a bit like, yeah, ah, I think ah. you've done really well. There's been a couple of performances you've done uh, fairly recently where it's just you and like a web camera essentially, and they're they're really really good. I've I've really enjoyed oh, watching and listening to them. So weird and kind of a bit because you just don't get that kind of you know. I have my boyfriend clapping though. That was nice um, at the at one of them. Um, but yeah, there is kind of strange. But you know, I think. It's better than nothing at the moment, isn't it? Oh, That's all you can do. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. I was speaking to a guitarist called Gwenifer Raymond, who's she's also in Brighton. She does Welsh cool. primitive finger picking. Amazing! That sounds and, awesome. Oh, she's absolutely disgusting. She's so good at playing the guitar. <laughs> Just it's, like it's, get get out of my sight. Yeah, her, her hand is so fast. She's unbelievable, and like it's uh, there's no lyrics, so it's just like really. F- powerful music dark a lot of it awesome. quite sort of down tune sort of yeah it reminds me of like the occult something about it that's like Whoa. the occult it's like supernatural things happen when you turn it up uh yeah she's an amazing yeah. guitarist and I'll check her out. that sounds cool yeah so she she did the same thing she was doing some live performances from uh from her from her flat and we spoke about it being sort of like it's like uncanny valley do you know what uncanny you know uncanny valley it's like no. when when someone tries to make a human robot and it looks like 90% like a human but the small yeah. percentage difference makes it look really odd and it's a bit wrong. Uh, okay. So the, yeah, 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 we yeah. we said that the 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 stream gigs were were a bit like an uncanny valley gig like it it feels <laughs> like a gig looks a bit like a gig. Um 
Yeah, but uh, no, you've done tremendously well. I think uh, in one of them, you said that your drummer and bassist were supposed to turn up and they w- they couldn't make it. So oh, you did tremendously yeah. well to just be up there yourself oh. with a new pedal. <laughs> that was so funny. I just was like, it was just so surreal as well because my boyfriend, he was doing the sound. So he was like right in front of me. And one of the songs was actually written like a little bit about him. And, uh, and then I didn't have the band. I was really looking forward to rocking out. Um, and uh, and then I don't know. I was just suddenly like the room was so quiet, and there was no clapping after I finished it with the song. So I was sort of just like, okay. And then there's the next one. It was just like yeah, really well. to kind of keep that. Thank you. <laughs> it was a, a very unusual experience, but I really enjoyed like doing it. I thought, it looked amazing, like the professionalism with the sound and the lights like i was so happy to have played but mm. you know it was just, ex- yeah massive shame but um, no i think those ex- come, i think but, that you know. i think that is a good uh, exercise as as difficult and as awkward as it is doing that cuz i feel awkward just talking on skype i feel like it, like that's awkward on its own so having a gig i think those sorts of performances are going to put you in really good stead when you are back in front of audiences when you are yeah. playing live with you know multiple people around that are helping you and band members suddenly I think you're going to yeah. be able to draw from that moment and be like really give it your all you know <laughs> yeah I think, I think it is like a perception isn't it like that we know we were we were chatting a little bit before about um you know confidence and I think it's like I, I the reason why I, I get scared is because I feel like I, I'm, I'm capable but as soon as like people are watching I sort of then get so perfectionist about it that I don't, I'm thinking about the wrong things basically. So it's like, I just need to just really concentrate on just letting go and almost pretending that it, that I'm just like, you know, when I shut my eyes and I perform live, like sometimes I pretend that I'm like performing in front of loads and loads of people. And then in the past I've done that and I've given myself like mental health issues because I've done I've done it too much I've been like right, I'm performing to the world <laughs> and then I'm like then I'm like sectioned like I mean, a couple of weeks later <laughs> and that's a true story but we can yeah we don't have to sort of talk about um that uh, in in a big sort of depth but yeah I'd, it's, it's definitely like where I think when you're a creator um you know you're over analyzing all the time and you do sometimes you take that into your own life as well, like with analyzing like relationships or what you said to people. It's like because you're look. I think that's why I think maybe artists and creators do suffer more, maybe because they're everything is like they're looking at such detailed perceptions, perspectives. Um, that's probably why it gets sometimes too much because it's just overload, isn't it? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think, it, yeah, it's important to, um, yeah, to be honest and open about those things. Um, for, yeah, I think creative people tend to be more sensitive, you know, in general. Mm. Uh, that's not just with their artwork. Like you say, that is with their personal lives as well. Um, mm. And, yeah, I've definitely had times of, um, yeah, being overthinking things um being being really sensitive in situations where other people wouldn't be sensitive at all but i yeah. yeah i always do say that's just like a creative that's just a thing that comes with being really creative like um yeah and it's better to have that than not because it's like um frequencies in an eq like you want to have everything 
instead of just only a little bit of something you want to have like more to play with than just you know what I mean so it's just you know nothing nothing's perfect but you just have to work with the good stuff and good comes out of bad anyway so it's um it's just you know every day you have to just take it kind of like am I in the mood to do this no okay I'm not gonna like pressure myself That is key, isn't it? To not really, yeah. to not put yourself in a position of, I don't want to do this thing that I'm now going to do. Just, um, yeah, I think um, <laughs> just allowing yeah. yourself to go, I'm not into that now. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. It's fine. Um, yeah. I think you, be- is- you can beat yourself up about it. Like, I've done that in the past where it's like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be this far now. I should be, you know, I should have a hot tub. I should have <laughs> all these things. And, uh, but I don't, but it's okay. Because, um, no, I think, yeah, it, it's, I, I exci- think is... it's exciting, isn't it? Not knowing like, and, and trying. Like, yeah, people say, and oh, like, the pressure, the pressure we put on ourselves is like the biggest, the biggest pressure. And the moment you let yourself, you free yourself up a little bit and you, you reduce that pressure, or you can the easier mm. things become um yeah i was ju- i was thinking about um when you were, when you were talking about being on stage and and sort of thinking about how many people are watching you yeah i think um a lot of people have experienced that um and uh, the the thoughts that sort of flash through your mind while cuz essentially i don't know about yeah like i would be just be telling myself don't be an idiot don't be an idiot the whole time and that ends up being like your massive distraction point to definitely be yeah. an idiot <laughs> i used to hear voices like i'd i'd hear like the crowd even sort of saying stuff and almost calling me names but i was singing and you wouldn't be able to tell that i was like really beating myself up like in my own head and like one time after a gig i actually said to one of the one of my friends who was on the lineup and I was like, he was like, oh, amazing set, blah, blah. And I was like, I literally was having like the worst time on stage because I was just hearing, I said I was hearing all these like people like talking about me, like but it was all in my head. And um, and I actually wrote a song about called It's All In My Head, which is quite a sort of shouty song, which is coming from my next album. So that's about like, it's about kind of like schizophrenia and just like, yeah, just how like a lot of times like you think that something or someone said something and you've actually just got the wrong end and you've just built up this whole like thing and it's actually just all in your own head it's not um yeah I've done that recently where Definitely. I thought I've done that a someone said times. yeah and then I had to actually talk to the, the the guy I was like oh um like did you mean this and he was like no <laughs> I was like oh I didn't sleep for ages because I was just like, oh, like overanalyzing everything. Yeah, do you know what? Mm. There is a really good um, strategy for that because I've been really bad for, I mean, I, I, I feel like we do share some character traits in common. Like I've been really bad for overanalyzing things and, um, you know, just going down the rabbit hole with your thought patterns, like oh, the God, spiral yeah. downwards. I think it's really important to see the triggers for that starting to occur and having some rational rationale to get out get to jump out of that spiral downwards because it just it goes so there's um 
Well, first thing I want to say is that there is a track by um, Johnny Cash called It All Goes Down In Your Mind. Cool, okay. Which is, I think it's about, like, you know, whatever you feel the world is like, that's what mm. you've, that's what's going down in your mind, that's what your world is like. So, yeah, whatever picture that you paint is is what's, is what's happening in the world, and it all goes down um, in your mind. Um, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I guess we all, yeah, we all get into these rabbit holes but one really amazing strategy for that and I which I've learned recently and a friend of mine has only just discovered and she said it's the only book she will ever need in her life um yeah. there's, a, there's a woman called Byron Katie who does a thing called the work have you the heard work. of that okay no it sounds rubbish and it's what she's one of these women who's been on Oprah and done lots of huge things that probably oh, okay. for, for me personally would put me off you know, knowing that yeah. I'd be like, yeah, probably quite a mainstream idea that's like a catch-all for everybody. But it's a phenomenal way of reinterpreting a story that you've made in your head and putting pure logic behind it. Like, yeah. all you have to do is question, is there a possibility that what I'm thinking is not true? Is there a possibility what I'm thinking is not true? And the answer to that is always yes. So yeah. the moment you open up the door to there's a possibility this isn't the truth, what I'm thinking, then you go into yeah. a next next question and then you end up switching the situation around and you realise how deluded and weird your own story is um, from the reality. <laughs> so it's been hugely beneficial to me in the last... I've only known about it for like five or six years, but I would mm. totally recommend it for for situations like that. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I've I've had to sometimes over the over the few years just like things that I've been kind of like things that I've always gone back to like overthinking and I'm like, why why do I think like that? And then it, I usually trace it back to sort of just certain periods of time where I've you know something's happened where that's the reason why I've like got that viewpoint or I've got it's it's all you can it's all kind of traceable i think isn't it and it's working out it's like dreams because it's like subconscious sometimes you react to things and or something's happened and then you're like you don't really think about it and then you're like actually that did affect me but not in a such a like not not like a punch you know like if you you, you get punched you remember it but it's sometimes things that people that people have said or done or like how you've reacted and then it's like oh yeah so i've I'm now thinking that because of that ha happened and then so it's like retracing of like that's why like sometimes when you know when you dream something you're like why did I dream that and then you're like oh it's because it's usually the first thing that comes into your mind the association so if you've got issues where like you're like trying to figure things out it's usually the first thing it's like the association thing it's just like there and then you're like oh okay and then yeah so it's it's just good to spend a bit of time, you know, without any like thing going on, and and just thinking about, you know, like I I write a diary still. Just sometimes I just write little things on my mind, just like words, and I'm just like just to try and get it out, and then think about those words. That's like my sort of strategies, because then I can sleep a bit better, because I'm I just like I can let it out, even if I've written it the same thing the page like a couple of days before. It's just I think it's sort of, for me, it really helps. Like when there's loads of going on, um, I just, I find it, 
I don't always want to bore people <laughs> with my shit. So I, I like, uh, I've got my diary just to sort of like be myself and not be judged because the paper doesn't like say anything back. <laughs> exactly. So and you can also, a... I think you can look back on those things. I do the same thing. Uh, yeah, I, I know lots of people that do journal sort of some regularly, yeah. some just when they need it. Like I do it when I, yeah. when I, when I feel like I need it. Um, and um, yeah, I think it is, it is really valuable to look back on and sort of understand yourself better. And yeah, 100%, the moment you've put those ideas out there, you feel like you just feel cleansed, you know, like in a yeah. non-cheesy way. You feel like I've expelled these things that are flying around my head, particularly first thing in the morning. You know, we've all got these weird, uh, unexplainable emotions that happen first thing in the morning. You're like, wow, why do I feel sort of envy for no reason? Yeah. And so, yeah, getting it, <laughs> getting it down on paper... Yeah, I think that's really good. A really good way of working with it. I, for some reason, yeah. I'm just remembering. I used to be a really big football fan. I'm not anymore, but I'm remembering when you mentioned what about what team. Uh, I am actually a Liverpool fan because I was born in Liverpool. Ah, oh, I used to be a Chelsea season ticket holder when really? I was like really young. Yeah, like my stepdad was like obsessed with them, so I had no choice. To, <laughs> no choice. I had to support Chelsea. Like I had to. Um, cool. Did, yeah. so did, you go to, <laughs> did you go to many games then? I think I went to like maybe I think I remember like well one very prominently but I must have gone to like two or three um yeah but I do yeah, I do remember fun. this football player who um before he took a penalty in the world cup a few years ago uh well I say a few years ago probably means something like 25 <laughs> but <laughs> yeah before he took the penalty <laughs> yeah. before he took the penalty he, he he took his own he was taking his own pulse He's a, he was a Croatian player called no Davor Suka, and he was just stood there, and you could see that he was regulating his heart rate because he knew amazing. he knew it was a really important situation. That obviously, wow. the pressure's going to rise, your heart rate's going to rise, you're going to start. But that he he just stood there and took his own pulse, and he scored the penalty. And I just for some reason, when you were talking about feeling pressure in performing, I I yeah, I just thought about that. Like he he was able to take that moment and bring it down to the... That control is, uh, yeah, sort of self-control. Yeah. Because um, it's so easy, isn't it, to, like... Like, music does that to us as well, where we're playing a really heavy song or fast and then the next song's, like, slower and we've got to, like, then settle into that. Otherwise, you end up playing it, like, the same speed and you're, like... <laughs> yeah. And then your set is, like, 10 minutes when it should have been, like, 30 um, so yeah, it's yeah. I definitely I can I can relate to that with the sort of um, yeah, yeah the control of. There's some really yeah, good breathing exercises. There's a guy called Wim Hof who's um, a Dutch guy, and he. The Ice Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've heard about him. Like seen little bits, but yeah. There's one. Um, <laughs> there's one amazing breathing exercise that he does, and you realise how powerful and amazing the human body is when you do it. Because you yeah. get like a tingling sensation, um, really pleasant sort of thing, just from being yourself breathing um, very deeply in and very deeply out. So, yeah, I think that yeah. those sort of things are quite good to just ground you and sort of remind you that you're sort of a living being and not this yeah, um, definitely. weird ego. I stretch a lot. Yeah, yeah, because for, for me, what actually helped like my like mental health or whatever um, 
is like stretching and like yeah I suppose I do my own yoga like I don't really follow I've been to like a few classes but I actually just love like feeling um like oh I've got a bit of a pain or in my leg like just feeling like oh I need to like stretch it out and I've got my own sort of ways of how I sort of do it I suppose and breathing is interesting because I, I realize that I don't breathe deeply like I'm always quite sort of short breathed and um yeah, when I when I breathe deeply, I suppose singing like actually helps me like slow down my my breathing, um, because that yeah, and I think that's why I find it really like when I don't know what else to do when all the world is like ah, I like singing. I've always sang when I'm scared as well. Like I used to sing. Like, I used to be scared of the dark when I was younger, and I used to just sing because that would just help me make light of the situation. <laughs> like sing to the bathroom in the dark. <laughs> oh, that's nice. But um. Yeah, sort of, I still do it every now and then, like, just, um, yeah, like, if I've got loads of stuff to do, I, I know it's like I'm just singing little songs to sort of keep my, uh, like, stress levels down as well. That's so, cool. Well, you are an amazing, you are an amazing songwriter. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, really incredible. I've loved, I've loved listening to all your albums and EPs. I've just had your stuff on repeat um, since amazing. it was on Six Music, because Lauren Laverne played one of your tracks not long ago, right? Yeah, I think was it um, was it the Wishing Well song? Yes, I think. yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that song actually, when I when I when I wrote it, it like it, I was sort of crying sometimes because <laughs> it was just like really like I suppose what I was talking about as well, and just the the vibe. It's got a lot of hope in it, and um, I sort of feel like I really. I'm, I'm, someone said something to me the other day which I found interesting because I've always been a hopeful person but he goes hope is actually a very meaningless word because you you can't really to make things better you can't just sort of sit and hope you have to kind of really do something about it and um, that made me feel like yeah so true but I think this song is just like you know I suppose it's just, it is just that kind of even though it might the feeling isn't sort of meaningless um, like hope isn't a meaningless feeling so I suppose like that yeah it kind of captures that um, that positivity outlook for the future I suppose mm. I think it's not meaningless, but it is only it's meaningless in like a physical realm of like getting stuff yeah. happen. Like yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. actually make stuff happen. But I think it is a really valuable emotion and a yeah. really valuable thing because if you don't have that hope of like making then things you wouldn't better do anything. and a better yeah. world and yeah, then then what's what emotion is gonna drive you forward? I think hope is yeah. really valuable. It's like when people I guess when people are like on Mount Everest and and you know like it's really cold uh, and I guess if they lose hope that they're going to reach the summit they ain't going to fucking reach the summit you know like yeah. They lose that. <laughs> yeah yeah so I think you do need that yeah you do need it and yeah it's not gonna if we all just hope the world's a better place I mean it might work <laughs> <laughs> it might work yeah but, I think um, some people can hope and some people like because hope I suppose it's like it's a it's sort of a, a like a loving positive word yeah um but as you say it's like the spark like you need that that um that that spark to make the fire um yeah so definitely it's just yeah it's a, it 
I, I it's, feel it like needs to go hand in hand with something else, but like I think yeah, it is a powerful, that's the thing. Yeah, strategy. It's like force. Yeah, mm. that's cool. Yeah, well, congratulations on having the airplay on Six Music. I later discovered you'd also Thank been you. played by Guy Garvey, um, uh, Tom Ravenscroft. Like yeah, a lot of the and the man Doglets. Yeah, that's that brilliant. Um, I mean, yeah. How does that feel to have your music played on a national radio station, which is like the best radio station in the UK, in my opinion? Yeah, I was so chuffed. Like when it was my first album, like they all like lots of DJs really liked it. Like um, Chris Hawkins, he was the first person to play um, one of like the first sort of song off that album. Um, and Nimone had played um, a song, Distant Days, um, in the past as well. Um, so, but I was really shocked at how many songs from the album they actually aired. I was like, wow. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's really cool. I'm just, yeah, I really hope, um, yeah, my next album. It's very different to my other stuff, so it might not be the same people, but um, I've been listening to a lot of um, The Stooges recently, um, like the Fun House album, and there's like, I really hope that there's one particular song that Iggy, if if he ever hears it, like plays it. That would be that would be amazing. Um, but yeah, I just it's just so nice. I, like anyone who plays my music, like whether they're on the radio or not, I'm just like I really I'm just thankful that people like it and it's making them happier and or just making them boogie or whatever they they do. Like because I think music's really helped me. Like. Um, actors, this band from Canada, they brought out an uh, album I think a couple of years ago. And I just absolutely love it. It's one of the best albums I've heard in ages. And when I'm feeling a bit like you know when you're feeling like oh like no hope, they just they they, they just give me this energy where it's just like like it almost makes me feel quite sort of like like militant in, in like what I want to do. I'm like no, I am going to make this happen. Like they give me this like amazing energy. Good. So, um, yeah, check them out. Yeah, um, I will do. Really cool. I, I think you've mentioned in a couple of interviews, you have mentioned bands from uh, Canada. Um... Oh, yeah, Psyche. Yes. Um, yeah, they're wicked as well. Pa- Power Glove, were they um, from Canada? I don't know if they're from Canada. Maybe they are. But yeah, Psyche, I've I written Psyche Canada. <laughs> they might be, yeah. Um, yeah. Cool, yeah, I check them out. Um, yeah, your your music's fantastic. I mean, you were talking in an interview about sort of songs of the year, you know, like where you, you've got a song that would like connect you with a certain time and it's your song of the year. And for me, Nothing Left to Try is totally my song of this year. Like, it's such an incredible pop song. I think it's inc- oh, like, beautiful. Cool. My mate Rob um, helped me produce that because I actually had a different song, like... I wrote the song, but it was done in more of a sort of soul kind of way, um, like maybe even a bit sort of R&B pop. And then he just took it to the 80s and then redid the the music. And yeah, and then I was he it was going to be a remix. And I was like, no, let's put that on the album because um, it just, yeah, so because transformed it's, it into that. Mm. It's a superb song. It's a superb song, Ruby. It's amazing. Like, it's beautifully written. Like, the, the content of it is, you know, the, the story... I'm interpreting it as a story that, like the end of a relationship and you've yeah. given up. But so, yeah, it's like such a beautiful way to sum up a very difficult and emotional time 
it's just so amazing to bring it into such a beautiful song, you know? Like, it sort of, <laughs> it makes that... that That's cool. Yeah, really, really, really incredible song. And I think a lot of a lot of people have been in those sorts of situations where as much as you want to keep going, you you realise that you can't. So, yeah, amazing yeah. song. Amazing song. Cheers. Do you draw a lot from relationships in your songwriting or, or where do you draw where do you draw sort yeah, of inspiration from I, d- I do it's like it is tend to be like maybe exaggerated because it's never I've never luckily I've never really been into like many dramatic like dramatic relationships but it's still sad when like you just feel like actually this person I just feel like it's not like there's just something that isn't um like I can, I can feel like I could continue, um, or like, like in the past I've been like really hurt, and I sort of I've, I've you know I'm, like I'm, I'm, yeah I definitely draw some elements, and then sometimes I kind of take those elements and I, like I add more sort of um, you know, I suppose yeah just bring out heart, like the emotion I suppose to sort of really get that kind of um. Yeah, maybe it's subconscious that I actually, it, like, yeah, all my relationships that I've been in, like, I haven't been in loads. <laughs> I've been in, like, quite, you know, a few. But, um, yeah, like, they've all been, like, they've all taught me so much and about myself and about people. And I even love, like, I think I've realised that um, we we tend to love people that we see things in them that we almost want to be and we hold we sort of like we get really attached to that and then the sort of control comes in where it's like I don't want you to be with like I don't want you to hang out with anyone else because <laughs> I think you're awesome and you're mine <laughs> but actually like that's not love that's like that's just like that isn't love because when you I think when you love you you just feel so safe in your you can you, like people can then do what they want and be wherever they want because you want them to like you want them to grow into the best person and sometimes like you can't always do that like for them like like you can't really do that anyway because it's naturally not your job like they have to find their own way but sometimes I think like maybe women tend to do it because of that, that sort of nurture like mother mothering sort of nurture thing but um I've noticed in the past like um yeah it's like you find yourself in patterns and it's like no 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 like this isn't I need to maybe concentrate on me, and then when I'm feeling like full, then the the other then then that's when people come along. I think who um, are full as well. They don't need. They're not. You know. Do you know what I mean? That's Absolutely. when you. you yeah. So I've yeah. learned lots. I think. Mm. I think like the the yeah any relationship I'm sure we've all gone into relationships where you sort of idolize the person that you're going to be going out with and you're like yeah oh my god they're gonna make everything brilliant they're so amazing everything they do is perfect I mean I think that is the process of um falling in love in some ways is like that infatuation um they're gonna feel that sort of um yeah but then they are idolizing you there's sort of like a power dynamic where you're it doesn't really work long term because it's like, yeah, the the dynamics just don't work. So, yeah, I think you're exactly right that if you both come to it as whole people who are comfortable with yourselves and your own uh, body and mind or whatever, you know, you're just comfortable in yourself, then that's the best time to meet someone else who's... And then, you're yeah, both going to lift each other up together, support yeah. each other. 
Yeah, for and then sure. I think also communication, like because um, like my next album is basically about the the period of my life where I was really lonely. Like I was, I was like just feeling so low and. Because I think I actually got into music because I wrote love songs a lot and about boys that I fancied in high school. And that's like a lot of my songs were like about like I just wanted to find like, you know, that soulmate vibe. And and it's like kind of funny because now I've actually got like I've written loads of, you know, like my, my music's been influenced by love, really, in a way. Like I, I don't I don't write songs about like the government. Yeah. Anyway, like I've written one now because of bloody the coronavirus um, last year. But like usually it's yeah I just find it so inspiring because I think that's it's just a it's, it's just a beautiful thing isn't it love <laughs> <laughs> so my next yeah. album's like about um yeah that kind of mental health issues that I had about like insecurities and um about myself and about like almost being desperate and actually there's an amazing song by BC Camp like called Desperate and it's one of the best songs I heard like last year. I love that song. Worth checking out. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the synth, yeah, it's the so synth good, line isn't it? is so uh, weird, but it's brilliant. Like, Oh yeah, it's all a bit like, it's a bit spooky. It's got this like edge about it. And then it's up this chorus like, I want to know. Like, it's just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah, good. Yeah, that song really has some, some power to it, doesn't it? There's some... Some, uh, yeah, I love that synth, that sort of like, yeah, it's like, but they've got some sort of um pitch, pitch control, pitch LFO, so it's like waving in and out of being in tune very slightly. Oh, so it just, yeah, like it just makes you sound weird. Like, if, if that wasn't, yeah, I mean, yeah, they've they've really programmed that nicely. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a- Excellent. That is a great song. But yeah, um, it's interesting you talk about um, being being lonely as driving you forward into writing writing stuff and being creative. Uh, I, I interviewed um, a big electronic artist uh, called uh, Infected Mushroom a few weeks ago, and he ah, said, "I think I think I recognise that name. Actually, I have to check it out." They've been around for years, but it was it really interesting to hear Dovdev, like one of the duo, saying that. His songs, he, he said you need two states, he needs two states of mind to write music. He needs to either feel amazing or he either needs to feel really depressed. And he said his wife told him that all his songs he'd written, the best songs he'd written were when he was depressed. <laughs> yeah, that's so typical, isn't it? Amazing. It's like, yeah, my songs are so bad when I'm happy, like they're so <laughs> cheesy and shit. But when I'm like feeling, yeah, that's sort of, um, yeah. That a lot of the songs have come out of sadness, like yeah. pretty much all of them, really. Because yeah. I think we can all relate. I think that's why those a lot of pop songs, you know, like uh, do you know Phil Spector, the 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 producer? Oh yeah, the producer. Yeah, yeah. Like all of his songs, they're all romantic love songs, but they've got a twinge. They've got a slight air of sadness in them, of melancholy. Um, mm. And yeah, we all have these shared experiences and shared feelings. So there is, I think, there is like alongside love there is like pain as well these two things sort of coexist and I think you can fuse that together in pop like in a really nice way yeah yeah I think with love as well like when you're feeling all happy like you kind of don't feel like the the urge to do things because everything's kind of fine so you don't really need to like do anything (laughs) but when you're like in difficult situations you're like 
yeah like you just need it's like an escapism i think like music is that like getting you out of that um that's why we sort of tend to write i suppose when we're more in pain than than not um because it must be the chemical thing um like when you when you've got that sort of dopamine or serotonin or whatever like you just sort of you can you know you can just meditate and just be chill Mm. Um, it's just yeah, like yeah, it's, it's a tremendous driving force isn't it i guess it's like all the people that told you in your life that you were not going to make it or you weren't going to do it or i told you so like all of those people i think something like there's a really high percentage of business people that they interviewed and a really high percentage of them said that um they were driven by the people in their earlier life who said they couldn't do it oh yeah and uh i can totally relate to that you know like um as you alluded to earlier, you know, like things that people say to you and all that stuff, like it, I remember bad things people have said to me going back years, but they now drive me forward in a way that it's actually been quite useful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny that, isn't it? Like, it, yeah, that's sort of, it's like when someone says, oh, don't do that. It makes you want to do it more. It's that kind of to sort of, um, yeah, it, it's a good I suppose, yeah, you just, at the end of the day, it's just about making good, like, out of... It's like you're not doing it because you want to be, like, even told you so. It's like, like maybe in some cases, because that's almost like it's sort of a bit of a edge of, like, revenge, maybe, because it's like you want to sort of prove them wrong. But it's like, I think in a way, it's maybe you're... Maybe it's the, your, your insecurity being like, ah, oh, like, maybe maybe I can. Maybe you're, like, you're proving yourself. Because there's part of you maybe that even believes them. So you're like, I'm going to test this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just double check to see if they're right. Yeah, I mean, you do write amazing pop songs. Like, I really enjoyed listening to your music, and it does really inspire me, and I do feel feel really good listening to it, like, the good. energy that's in the songs. Um, Celebrate is one that's, that's got a lot of energy. It's like the opening track to, <laughs> to your That's LP. funny, that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a great energy, and I think then when you see the music video too, it's like it gives it even more <laughs> life and more energy. It's so silly. I love that day. I was like, all my friends were just like, I was just doing improvised dancing, and they were just copying me, and it felt really good being like in control because they were just like watching me, and I was like, I can do whatever, and they're just going to copy me. So I just made it really silly. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> it looks amazing. It, it, I mean, it really looks choreographed. It's, it's like, really, that's yeah, funny. It's excellent. It's Got, yeah, I think there's a very sort of bubbly, funny uh, nature to that video that enhances the track for yeah. sure. You know, you've definitely done what a music video should do, which is like elevate the track. So now when I listen to the track, I think about the video too, and it makes me smile. So yeah, you've, oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, and you've produced a lot of your videos, haven't you? You've been part involved in the in the process of making them too. Yeah. That that one not so much, um, but um, with it was sort of just like a few little ideas like the the director Joe had, um, but I, I think the one that I mainly got involved with was like hustle because I kind of did the whole set design for that, and um, basically I woke up at like five in the morning and I had this the whole video idea just like so I was I I, I was so excited so as soon as I got out of bed I like was on the phone to my mate. I was like, can you do the artwork? Because, you know, those UV masks? Like, my, my mate Toby um, Melville Brown, 
he's an amazing illustrator and he did those and then I got um yeah some mates involved to sort of help um like my mate Russ did like the lights and um the smoke machine and um yeah Sheridan helped me make the video like shoot it and then I went around his and then just was like right I edited it with him I told him kind of what I wanted and all the cross fading because I love the old school like 80s you know like the cross um and uh yeah so chuffed how, how that went in the end and um and then I've like done I suppose yeah what will become of the wishing well I just I had an idea for that and my friend just like came and shot that and I edited it um so I sort of yeah I've got like my sort of um I, I do because I've done music videos for other bands so I sort of have I sort of know the kind of uh like what I, I sort of yeah what I kind of want out of the video it's never going to be exact but yeah I try and try and make it to a point where I'm really happy it's the same as the music like I, I like to be part of like everything because it is a whole platter isn't it it's like what you give out it's just part of the whole thing so mm. um, your videos look re- do it really good and they've all got their own sort of unique qualities and unique styles um yeah but yeah the hustle video is brilliant I mean, the, the the sort of two-tone lighting i love that sort of a bit yeah. of purple and a bit of green Soft. or a bit of mm. blue and yeah i love those like gradients of colors that just come yeah, together yeah gradients and... are rad I yeah too. no your, your mm. videos are good and i love that video as well when you're it looks like you're on the down somewhere and you've got the most amazing set of binoculars i've ever seen in my life oh yeah <laughs> so that was that was um laura little and elliot tatler who directed and, and produced that that video and it was so fun shooting with them and like them the sort of the ideas and yeah it's it's brilliant it was just yeah yeah, I don't know what else to say. That was they just, really yeah, I, did, I, I could just... Yeah, the binoculars are just stunning. They look like something up for 2001 Space Odyssey. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the ghetto... Funny. Was the one, the wishing well, is that... You've got a ghetto blaster. Is that the one with the red yeah. ghetto blaster in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that ghetto blaster's been around... Like That was my first ever... Um, you mean the weather shoot actually was starring that and I've, I've got this weird sort of a relationship with it because <laughs> I got it in like 2007 and it's like just still uh, it's just always in my room and I just think it's really cute and it doesn't work but it just is it's really cute so I'm just oh, gonna nice. keep it's gonna pop up every now and then I think in things yeah is it possibly something that you found in a charity shop actually it was snoopers paradise but um, yeah, like charity shops, like, well, obviously I haven't been in one for a long time, but I, yeah, that is definitely like my, um, when I've got, when I'm not in front of the computer or out and about, like, I'm at a charity shop, like seeing what people have thrown away. <laughs> mm. Do you ever find any like things for making music with? Um, yeah, like I, I think I've got like a, a kalimba. Um, mainly actually when I first started doing music production, um, I was finding vinyls and was starting to build up a collection so I could like sample. Um, so I've got a lot of vinyls from charity shops, but then I started like a little DJ collective with my two ma- mates called Wax Virgins because we had never DJed. Nice. So we, we just like, we um, only perform really vinyls, um, mainly from charity shops. Um, and I'm just trying to think what else, like, uh charity shops maybe flea markets i've bought guitars from like um i've got this i'll show you actually wow, so I've got a, <laughs> oh, wow. it's like a 1989 epiphone flying v but the bridge is actually wood it's like someone's made the bridge um, but it's really cool um 
So yeah, that's gonna hopefully come out to play when all the venues open again. Amazing. And, um, yeah, it's hard to find instruments in charity shops. It's mainly like clothes and records that I usually get. Um, yeah, and maybe some bits, random bits and stuff. But um, I've, yeah, yeah I've, I, I sort of I've gone through this whole journey with with charity shops. I, I worked in one. I got an assistant manager's job when I came out of uni. So oh, okay. I was like right in at the deep end then basically and um, sort of fallen in and out of love with it, but but always been a volunteer in charity shops. That's and, so nice. Yeah, I love it. I think it's a really amazing thing. You end up meeting people that you would never have met. Um, mm. Generally, everyone's really kind hearted and, and helpful. Uh, there's always like biscuits. Have a cup of tea and some oh, biscuits. Oh, biscuits, <laughs> biscuits. <laughs> yeah. So I just love it. it. You know, it's um, it's a really great thing that I would recommend anyone does to just in go into a charity shop that you love going to. There's always one that you really connect to, and just volunteer yeah. like two or three hours a week. It doesn't have to be a lot, and um, I really enjoy it. it. It helps me as much as I'm helping them, if I'm honest. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I've never. I I love charity shops, but I've never actually volunteered. I think. Also, I've just I've got so many things that I need to finish that maybe once I've finished them, then I'll have more time to sort of, um, you know, commit to to other things that I I, I care about. Definitely. Because um, so, you produced yeah. your your the EP that you released in December. Am I right in thinking you like did the whole thing yourself? Yeah, I did. Apart from the mastering, um, yeah, it was just sort of I released like an EP. Something tells me. EP a few years ago that was my first ever self-produced release um and then I think Be There as just a standalone single and then In the Night which is on um a seven inch vinyl um that was my own and then yeah this one was really fun because it, it just all the songs came out so quickly and I knew exactly what I wanted to do with them in terms of production and I wanted that midi drum sound because I actually I love MIDI drums. Like I know some people are like, oh, but like I think they're great. <laughs> they could just for certain yeah, things, awesome. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was it. Was just really fun. Like um, I think I had some, some friends because obviously I know like lots of people who mix, and they were like, oh, can I can I have a go? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I want to do it. <laughs> just give me give me time. Um, yeah, and. Like, yeah, sometimes I'm quite a control... Well, I think I am a bit of a control freak with my music. Like, like even my first album, Working With Rob, like, I hated it when we, as soon as we finished it. I was like, oh, it's not sounding how I kind of wanted to. And then it grew on me again, like, because I was so used to hearing the demos and mm. I knew what I wanted to do with that, but I had to sort of go different directions. So it's sometimes hard to let go, but I think I'm getting more and more, like, like I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not the most technically... Like, I don't know what I'm doing most of the time, to be honest, but I do mess around um, until I, I feel like it, it feels good like to me and sounds good to me. So that's for me, that's the most important thing. I don't care if someone says, oh, that's too low in the mix, but it's like I need it to get those chills on my spine before I can get it out to the public. Because if it's not doing it to me, then... Um, yeah, yeah. I, I can understand that you want to... Like, it's your, it's your creation at the end of the day, and I think that, yeah, you want to you hear it in a certain way when it first big enters your mind or however however you sort of yeah creatively come across it uh, yeah and i think that you may it's probably a case of sometimes having compromises with certain parts of tracks 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think that the way that album was produced is phenomenal. Like I'm a huge fan of the AT sound, and um, yeah. there's a really cohesive quality to that record that you've done. That um, yeah, mm. it's one whole yeah beautiful collection of 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 tracks um and and yeah the production is is a is an is a fantastic element of it as well as uh, you know alongside the songwriting and the instrumentation yeah. the arrangement yeah i'm really proud i think it's just because we over you know we, we me and rob spent like every sing nearly every single day in january and february um of like 2018 just on that record so i think I probably just hated it because I was like, I literally just can't hear this anymore. Like, (laughs) literally gonna just go crazy. So yeah, I I had had to have a break. But you know, every now and then I stick it on because I I do like hearing back. Um, you know, the sort of difference and it's um, funny, isn't it? I think John Mm. Grant. John Grant said about songwriting and performing. It's like it's sometimes at his own expense. Like the songs he makes are at his own personal expense. (laughs) Which is, yeah, a really interesting way to, to look at it. Like the process may have been very difficult or very painful for him with a particular song, but he yeah. knows he's putting something out there that will lift people and elevate people. Yeah, um, that's what why you get it done, really. Otherwise, you know, you probably have loads of projects that you like, you started and there's no sort of real push to kind of finish them. And it's like down, you need, as a musician or creator, do you need that discipline to like, just get things finished because <laughs> it's so hard sometimes like that mo- emotion won't be the same like in a few days and then you've just like when you go back to it you're like oh no I don't don't feel that anymore so it's like you have to almost keep going back in time to like feeling that that's why I'm having trouble with this album at the moment because just like it's taken me back to that time when I was just like a proper emo <laughs> so like it's uh you'll hear the album you'll be like oh yeah I can totally hear the emo sort of vibes coming out but um yeah but I think yeah I, I just I, I do enjoy these songs and I'm, I'm so excited to finish it because it's like more rocky and like going back to my roots of like electric guitar um which is what like got me into music like at the beginning anyway so I get to instead of electronic I now um I'm sort of going back to like what, you know, it's like a sort of, yeah, that that feels really fun to sort of do some solos for a change. (laughs) Where do your songs how do they start like where do you where do they come from everyone is like different so sometimes it's like it's even just drums it starts with like a rhythm um and then i get like a sort of bass or melody that goes with that and then i start filling in all the textures all the gaps um and but yeah it generally starts with like it actually does start with a tempo um and then like maybe like i'll sing like a kind of line um uh, yeah they just some yeah it just sort of pops in my head really um and then I'm trying to just basically imitate what I hear in my head like sometimes I write so, like whole songs like in my head like all the all the stuff but I don't ever just go to the computer and try and dissect that it's just the usually little songs and then it's like oh bye but um yeah I think it's just it's just faffing around it's all like you know like a doodle if you're drawing it's like it starts off as a, do- a doodle and then you just make that doodle into a full-blown picture 
that's how I sort of see my like music. It's never like, all right, I'm going to start with this. It's like, I'm just, I'm messing about. <laughs> um, if I'm in, yeah, if I'm in a mood or I, I might even take like songs that I've written on the acoustic guitar, but then I'll, I'll recycle kind of melodies from other songs that haven't been out and I'll, I'll use them in the new ones because they're still, that kind of melody's quite sort of prominent in my sort of mind at, at the time. Um, yeah, and then I suppose like it's all down to like production, like how do you take that song, like depending on what you use, that's what I suppose makes it the genre it is. So like if you make it more synthy, then it, it's stepping in that sort of synth um, 80s territory or if you use like just guitar and bass then you've got the kind of depending on what reverb or spring then you can kind of almost give the people the impression of like era so i think that's what's so nice about all these different like colorings you can create this the sort of space depending on what where you want to take people it almost like a, a film like the story could be at the, at the same story but where it's set is kind of down to your imagination and where you want to take people so I think that's what I love about music, where it is almost like, you know, by people creating like technology and, and innovative like production techniques at certain periods, that's kind of helping us put, uh, you know, taking us to these sort of mishmash of times um, combined. So, um, and that, yeah, I'm so excited to like see how music evolves and like, you know 10 20 years like what what we'd be sort of making you know like no one can tell you what genre it'll be in the 20 years it's like we have no idea because like yeah, people like talking fashion isn't it it's just like so yeah you just can't weird what, what ends up being popular <laughs> yeah yeah and it usually is always going back round and people are sort of recycling like you know people are taking stuff from vintage but then they're make, making it with like new production so it's it's going to be so interesting of what the kind of... But, um, yeah, like, with my sort of songs, I suppose, I love loads of genres, so that's why I, I've got the freedom, as you mean, the weather, to sort of almost, like, do whatever I want, really, like, sound-wise, because, like, before this, I was, like, in a reggae band, um, and it was very much, like, kind of, yeah, I just had to sort of keep to that sort of upbeat kind of ska um, guitar, so when I started making music on the computer, I was just like, oh my God, this is so refreshing that I can just, I don't have to be tied to like one sound. I can play around um, depending on what I want the song's vibe to be. So yeah, it's it does really vary. Um, but I think, yeah, like bass lines and I just, I love repetitive things as well, like dance music, like I like, or even in R&B, like hip hop where the singer just sings over the same sample throughout the whole song. It's the same sample, but different melodies override that. And I, I, I really like that with my music as well because it means that I can work more on the dynamics than just the, all the different progressions and add sort of like more sense of like building. And then, um, so I kind of like, I can't like keeping my songs kind of just simple. I just feel like sometimes you don't need to do too much. It's just more about like, you have to, it's so easy to be like, oh, I could just write another bridge section and make, take this song somewhere else, but it's like actually like it doesn't it doesn't need to be too crazy. <laughs> just like get, getting um you know 
Yeah, definitely. I just like you. I think that mm. I think that um, it's the same with a lot of like um, ambient music. I find is like um, the sense of restraint that's within it is really appealing. Like it doesn't need to yeah. go off into into directions. I, yeah, it doesn't need to go off into different tangents. If it just slowly evolves no. and changes, like that has a beauty of its own. Yeah, as well. like the hypnotic thing. Like I love, I just love that hypnotic. Um, yeah, and then when it stops, you're like, oh. Oh, <laughs> where, I, where something's different, something's changed. There is, yeah, there is a really because I what I would do in that situation when I like stopped it and I'm like, oh, I just play it again, right? And I always thought yeah. this is something that like I sort of did and it was a bit weird where I just listened to the same song over and over and over. But I've actually uh, uh, learned only in the last few years that it's actually what a lot of people do when they're in like high performing states. Like there's one song that puts you in exactly the right mode for yeah. know, work or creativity or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, you can. I can just put the same song on for like hours on end and just be, yeah. in this, be in this lovely place. Whereas if I did that with my own music, <laughs> I would probably have some significant difficulties listening to it. It's too much, like, because you're, you're, when you make your music, like, you have to listen to it so much anyway. So when it's done, I, I, when I finish a song, though, I do listen to it a few times in a row because I'm so happy that I've, like, done like a demo that I'm happy with and I, I want to yeah. send it to everyone and I listen to it over and over but then the next day I'm like, oh, like I have to have a few days off and then I'll come back to it and then tweak it and then I know it's done when I've like I'm just like oh like I, I don't need to do anything yeah so, DJ yeah. I spoke to DJ Rap who's a really big um uh, drum and bass producer she's been she's been in the the industry for like 30 years or probably more as a producer Amazing. and dj and uh, she said that her top number one advice for making drum and bass tunes anyway was to was to put an eight bar loop on and walk away from it and go and do something else and see if you still like it yeah. you know in the background just hearing it is it you get more ideas when you're away and sort of do something else because you're not so intense like like ah yeah, and like then, listening to one element mm. and going, that hi-hat sounds wrong. What's wrong with the hi-hat? Oh, like, man. Just, like, there's no point in doing that. You might as well I've spent that. months on one particular song, actually. My friend Mark Dobson, who's, like, helping me mix the album, um, he's uh, he saved me so many times with, like... I was working on, like, a song, like, Distant Days. Like, I was working on that for months, and I was just doing that, like, tweaking all silly little things. Like, and then when you change it, then you go back and you're like, oh, no, but then that's now off, and then you know you're just constantly trying to like find this and it's just like every day is going to be different so that you're just sort of wasting time like um so i sent it to him and he just like mixed it um and uh i was like okay Perfect. that's that's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i definitely like i think that you get to a point of diminishing returns doing that stuff like you actually end mm. up sabotaging your music going yeah, beyond totally. a certain realm, oh, man. realm. and yeah. i've learned only in the last maybe year or so that I, I can now recognise when I'm starting to ruin a track instead of actually... Yeah. But I feel like, I, because I'm in front of it working on it, I feel like it's still going forward. But actually, I'm now able to go, turn the computer off, go do something else, because that was just yeah. not good for the, the thing. So, yeah, being able to recognise in your own creative process um, what's, what's, uh, what's useful and what isn't is really important, I find. Um, and sometimes having yeah. like a limit, like a sense of urgency, like even like a time limit, I'm going to give myself 30 minutes to work on this and that's it. Then you suddenly prioritise what you really need to do and you don't get lost in the those small things. Yeah, I noticed that when I'm leaving, I'm supposed to be going out 
and I'd be like, right, I've got like 15 minutes. I'll just quickly like play a song or whatever. That's when I end up writing some stuff. I'm like, oh, like, because it's just sort of like, I've got a, like, I've got a certain amount of time. And then it's like, oh, I don't want to now do the thing that I have to do <laughs> because I've just started writing something and all day I've been like, oh, yeah, it's, it's funny that. Yeah, sort of I think limitation is, is, can be a really good thing uh, for, for creativity. Yeah. yeah. And deadlines. Mm. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'm glad I got a label supporting me because they're like, right, we need this by then. Um, if you want to get it out by this time, you have to have it delivered then. And it's like, okay, that's good because I'm, I'm so laid back. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, like, do people even need to hear this? Like, am I being selfish by pushing my music onto people? Like, I have all those thoughts and I'm like, no, they, they obviously think that it's worth it finishing. So, yeah, it's good to have people... Um, like that helping yeah and how long have Mm. you been with your label for small pond so literally um since like i did the the ep um with them that was well my album was gonna be the first release but then i jumped in with this new ep so yeah only like not very long at all like probably the last like year year and a bit we've been working together um and yeah they're just such lovely guys and i'm just excited to kind of you know give give them the goods (laughs) (laughs) we definitely are I I think uh yeah that you know they've you're clearly very talented and you can write fantastic songs so um yeah looking forward to the next album do you know I mean there's no pressure but do you do you feel like there's a do you feel like it's going to be out this year yes definitely has to be (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, I, I, I actually, I, I do have to have have it out because I actually got a grant from Help Musicians. Oh, excellent! And so oh, well done. They said thank you. They said, um, yeah, it's got to be out um, a certain before a certain time. Otherwise, I have got to give all the money back. So, I've yeah, it has to. Um, yeah, I'm not going to run away to Mexico with it. It's not enough actually for that. But, um, <laughs> and also, I can't even go abroad at the moment anyway. Well, none of us can. But yeah, um, I, hopefully the first single comes out as a sort of rough hope, hopefulness is um, probably like in the summer, like June, July. This is going to be the first one. Excellent. Great. And, uh, oh, cool. And are you are there music? Vi- are you going to do some of your funky music videos too? Yeah, actually, I've let. I've let everyone kind of, I've given people a few ideas, but I've let them run with the kind of direction. Um, I'm sort of not being as control freak with that side of it now, because I'm just so, I'm so excited actually about finishing this album and maybe even taking like a little short break of music to pursue other things, because I've been sort of doing the Yumi and Weather thing for like quite a number of years. And I feel like this is such a weird time with like not really knowing about like gigging again or um, you know, so I'm like, actually, I'll, I'll get this album done. See, just see what happens, and um, yeah, and I'm not as, because the songs I said before are kind of quite sort of uh, from a period dark, dark, a darkish period of my life. So like, I don't want to have too much. Um, you know, I want it to be fun, and um, I, I'm quite serious when it comes to the. That I want it to be like a certain way, but now I'm like letting people just run with it and have their. I want them to have fun with my songs, basically. So, um, yeah, so excited of. I'm not going to give you any inclinations of what's coming. I think it'd just be nicer to sort of, you know. Um, but I'm so excited. Some some people's like some people's ideas are like yeah, very very sort of fun. 
Um, yeah. You mentioned outside of uh, stuff outside of music then, like what sort of stuff, we talked about charity shops a little bit, but yeah, what other sorts of stuff do you like doing aside from music? Um, well, I, I love art. I love painting and I've, I've been drawing longer than I have doing music really, but I've never given it the right amount of time. So I sort of want to maybe go into like more of the painty route just for a bit. Um, and I'm, I'm, studying massage at the moment and I, I I've been massaging for like years like for my friends and family and myself and I thought I'm going to get a qualification so I can maybe do that as a sort of side thing um I'm really interested in like health at the moment um because of the whole coronavirus thing um and the kind of speculation of like if disease whether is caused by viruses because like you know I was saying like before we chatted in the interview like terrain theory is was never funded um but it was the same time as the germ theory idea came but they went with that so I sort of feel like yeah I, I want to sort of maybe spend, dedicate a bit of time to sort of like looking more into that and um what, what yeah, is terrain different. theory what is it so terrain theory is this the theory that disease actually doesn't come from others it's or viruses it's actually our body um we get ill because we're trying to detox um so get rid of toxification through um yeah through like basically being ill is actually a good thing because it's actually getting rid of all the shit in us um but so we don't need so much protection of other people's um because there isn't actually there isn't actually scientific proof that you know you can't you can't tell that something's um, infected because they've only studied um, these things in a petri dish, which is like not in a, a live environment. So there's lots of very sort of sneaky things that they say are like the science, but it's like I don't know. That's my sort of interest in in, in terrain, I suppose. Um, just yeah, thinking of the body is capable and I think that's why maybe a lot of chronic illnesses have come from because we've been every like when you're little you get like cowpole things to suppress your illness but later on you actually develop maybe worse things because you've medication isn't actually helping the cause it's just stopping the symptoms so I'm finding that really interesting and I want to actually back up my kind of ideas and things that I've read with more sort of knowledge because I've I've had to sort of talk to a lot of people on Facebook even about it and I get a lot of backlash and I'm like well I'm not going to defend something too heavily that I don't actually know too much about it's just more questionings at the moment so I don't want to yeah I think yeah that's my sort of idea anyway <laughs> well I think it I think definitely the pharmaceutical industry is like one of the darkest alongside like the arms and the military like the pharmaceutical industry is huge it's up there and there's definitely people being medicated on things that are not good for them but they are a long-term um they're a long-term non-solution to a problem um which yeah. so people end up being reliant on on them there there is a good book i always tell people not to read it though <laughs> there's a, a book called ben by a guy called ben goldacre called big farmer yeah. Okay. And it's about the pharmaceutical industry and how it works. And, um, yeah, you realise that um, tests can just be totally uh, faked and um, p 
products can go. Yeah, mm. the results can be manipulated, and and GPs are under huge pressure to give out a certain amount of, let's say, antidepressants, in order to get, you know, they get gifted by these huge pharmaceutical companies. So yeah, I always tell people yeah. don't read that book, but it is amazing. <laughs> like it's like you don't the truth read. isn't pretty. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, op- it opens so many doors. I think like that's the thing when you start looking into like that then other things become more transparent of like, oh, that's actually not beneficial for me, but making pe- make like we're sort of thought into that's our only option because it's what the National Health Service provide, you know, like doctors don't spend, they spend more time trying to, yeah, learn about what medication to give to people. But the real medicine is actually our bodies. Our bodies are capable of healing. It's just that fasting and um, eating well isn't actually kind of prescribed (laughs) it's just like take that that will go away but it's like no like that's a sign and we're ignoring them and um that's what apparently there is only one illness and it's called toxemia so disease comes out in loads of different ways um depending on your lifestyle and what you do and um weaknesses in your body of like it could be for loads of reasons but um there is actually only one disease yeah toxemia and the body is trying to like get rid of it and we need to let it happen and our lifestyles do not attribute to um, it being able to do that at the moment. Um, well, we don't, well, it depends on what you do. If you've got time to sort of like chill out and eat well and, um, or not eat and just let, you know, the body do the work. But yeah, I'm really interested in that side. Cause I think at the moment that's what's controlling us all and making us scared, which is stressful and it's not actually healthy. All the things that they've told us to do are not healthy at all like masks and you know staying inside and not hugging and not sharing and company and all the things are not good for our health and that's what's really mind-blowing that people are trusting that and this whole lockdown and the reason why those people are losing their lives and businesses is because of something that isn't even proven to harm us so I'm like I am really angry (laughs) that there's no more transparency with with this and and the test, I don't know. Yeah, it was like I, could... I think I think we did. Yeah, we did briefly talk about it uh, before we started rolling about like not believing in our politicians or our, or our governments and and knowing knowing that they not thinking that they don't have our best interests at heart, but knowing that they don't. And yeah, there was I mean the case like Dominic Cummings was a huge case that was really high profile. Like not aside from what that guy's done in his life anyway, like. Yeah, that that's really. I think that definitely, precipitated. That definitely precipitated like people being a bit more slack with with like the rules because you see a politician there who's not doing what the politicians are saying. And then a few weeks ago, there was also like a Labour peer called um, Lord Falconer who said that the the lockdown was a gift that keeps on giving for the government because they can just do whatever it wants. And he literally said those words, it's the gift that keeps on giving. So there is an element of it. It's like, this is not good for the people, but it's great for mm. the people at the top, you know, for the the 1% yeah. at the top. So yeah, I think that that, that is quite, um, yeah, it's hard to sort of take that. Yeah, it's important. I think it's important to, you know, like um, put things into perspective and be in control of what you can control. Um, yeah like and it's about, about looking after yourself like at this moment because you can you can have like views on different perspectives but at the end of the day like people are people are, it's very rare that people actually 
it's the, the ego of like I'm right you're wrong so you can't change it's very hard to change people's minds of thinking well maybe you might like might be wrong um and it's like it's yeah so it's it, I feel like at the moment like we've just got to really just do what we can to look after ourselves and do you know do what we can to help each other within our limitations because that's what we are we're very limited at the moment um but it's like these talks you know chatting to people and um you know just ringing up people and just doing what we can um and yeah sort of not buying on amazon because <laughs> uh, like my boyfriend does quite a lot but he because it's obviously cheaper and it's like i don't blame him but it, it, you know it takes a long time to like look into things to be like oh yeah that's the cheapest option when it's just there and it's cheaper than anywhere else and it's like oh god but then it's like yeah all these the repercussions yeah, so uh, yeah i think the repercussions long, on the high street term. the repercussions on the high street of places like amazon um yeah it's like frightening from from like 20 years ago um but yeah it is convenience um yeah i think still connecting to nature is really important and and um Mm. yeah like you said the restrictions of not being able to hug each other um you know if you've got family members who are little kids and stuff like that it's 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 really not nice um but yeah i mean hopefully when it all when we're able to go back we're gonna it's gonna be um it's going to make all that stuff that much sweeter like when gigs return and um yeah festivals return and all that sort of stuff yeah and i think a lot of people have realized without with with, with the crazy show that has been sort of put to us that people are actually more aware of of the kind of um the the, the different sort of aspects of of health now as well like people didn't know what like terrain theory was and then people are sort of talking about it more now so i think like maybe if we if we started believing and looking into that side of of health then we won't be scared to go out and hug each other because then we'll know more that actually that's yeah it's just the darker side of it of the sort of the foolery you know um and yeah so that's it's yeah it's crazy like there's so many things that i like my mum's told me as well about even the vaccine story. Um, actually, if you're interested, I'll send you her lecture that she did sure, um, yeah. about the history of vaccines. So I'll, I'll link that to you. But um, yeah, so I think, yeah, might might try and sort of help her um, after the sort of album and do some more bits, research. And uh, yeah, and keep making music, obviously, I can't not. But um, yeah, just sort of not not sort of be so invested in the computer at the moment because it's just a lot of computer all the time <laughs> definitely definitely i've li- i've just written an article for a, a, a music tech website about um because like the 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 key phrase buzzword at the moment in the synth world is doorless like i'm making doorless oh, really? music it's like the big buzzword everyone's like yeah man is that just analog like no it just means you're not that- using like cubase or ableton you're, you're using um yeah, it could be analog, but it yeah, it means it basically means take the computer out of the equation, so there's no DAW. So be more eight track like kind of vibes. Yeah, and... so I wrote an article about um, yeah how to how to jam with with your synths or whatever without the computer. Um, but I did ah. sort of mock the whole idea of doorless because um, it's not actually a new idea; it's really old. It's like what people used to do before computers were there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's not that a was a new idea. thing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, yeah. Doorless so, point two 
so yeah getting away from the screens is really important and um and yeah it does really affect your mute i think it does affect your output because you can be hyper attached or maybe maybe not you don't want to be hyper attached but you can be you can hone in on the sound a lot more without any visual representation um so that's always yeah useful. yeah definitely yeah and i think that's why writing songs on the guitar and stuff is good because yeah you can just you can detach and daydream with it a little bit yeah and there's no sort of pressure to make it like play it perfectly because you're like having to record it it's just like it's just is what it is it's very sort of just pure pure <clears throat> music <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that's what Gwenefer Raymond, the girl I was mentioned to, uh, who plays the Welsh primitive guitar, she was like, she almost, she always, almost deliberately makes it not perfect. Like she put in mm. wrong notes and and just do weird stuff, and that's funny. or play them a few times. Uh, I think there's there's a techno uh, producer called Surgeon, and I think I don't know. I I don't think this is his quote. I think he quoted someone else. But essentially, the more times you play a mistake the less it's like a mistake. Like, the more times yeah. you play a wrong note in jazz, or maybe it was a jazz <laughs> quote, like, the more time you play a wrong note, actually, it's not wrong anymore, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, so yeah. So that, that's also quite that's a nice true. philosophy of just embracing whatever whatever happens. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all expression, isn't it, at the end of the day? Yeah. It's, just, like, it's not really wrong, it's just, it is what it is kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, I can't wait to hear your new album, and um, yeah, I'm really excited to hear. It. I'm sure a lot of people are. Yeah, I hope, hope. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm sick. Yeah, yeah, it's that's actually nice to sort of talk about it because I've been, um, sort of avoiding doing it because I lost my computer recently, like all my my hard drive, so I lost loads of vocal takes for it, and it just it's taken me a long time to sort of build up that motivation again to kind of like give it some again. So actually talking about it, I'm like. Yeah, like I need to. It's it's quite um. It's giving me a bit of a drive actually. So yeah, cool. thanks for having me. Well, it should me. do because um, you make great music, and um, I think your music does a lot of good for, for for the people who get to listen to it. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah, it's That's just really good. fun. It's got a great energy. Um, yeah, I think what was that a le- was that was there a lesson learned there in in the losing? Oh yeah, it's something that I've always keep me to do but you know like backing up and stuff like I've always like people always say that and I'm like ah oh, you know it'd be fine it'll be fine and then like it's it's never fine like yeah I've learned the hard way but you know my friend said to me oh you know it means that you're going to just do it better the next time round and I'm like yeah that's true because you know I've, I've done the vocal takes so many times now I sort of just know exactly what I want to do and like I just bust them out so it'll be all right and um i think yeah. any any obstacles that appear in your life are always opportunities to learn yeah definitely like 100 percent. i had a friend come around with a usb stick and put it in my computer and that computer died and it changed the way i i always back up since then and i yeah. think yeah you've got to have a moment where you lose everything to to put it all in perspective and go like right i'm gonna treasure what i've got and also, I think it's a useful thing in like just getting being accustomed to loss, and like knowing yeah. that actually nothing is going to be here forever. Like nothing is. Yeah, it didn't even properly exist anyway, because it was all like on the computer. Like, it, it and a lot of things like I'm I'm not going to miss because all my, my computer was getting so like filled up with loads of like 
even previous video sessions that I did for other bands and I had like loads of memory that was just like being taken so in a way it was quite nice to have a bit of a like clean slate but it's just you know it's just the you know plugins that I had or all those things that I have to kind of re and like my new logic's not quite the same like there's, there's a few things sort of missing that I'm I'm missing so like it's just little things really but no I'm 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 luckily my um friend who I'm mixing some of the songs with had the whole album so I could just pick up from where like we left off so I was lucky in that otherwise I don't think I would be yeah saying I've got an album coming out soon because I would have just been like no I think I'm just gonna just call it a day now (laughs) (laughs) don't do that don't do that Um. no no I think yeah I'll always be making music under you mean the weather but whether it's like you know sort of really like concentrating on it it's, it's just gonna be more of like in a way like a journal I think like when I'm when I've got stuff I'll put it out but if I'm not gonna like pressure myself to keep having to give you know like the Spotify guys like you know to make it you have to you know release stuff all the time I'm like I I just I, yeah it's for me it's such a it's, it's part of my my mental health regime <laughs> so if it, if I need to do it I'll do it if I don't you know, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, do it when you're ready. Do it on your terms. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. Cool. Well, um, yeah, best of luck with your album and all of your new music. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it's really, Thanks. really great stuff. And I can't wait to hear um, Iggy Pop play your, your oh, new yeah, album. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Come, come one, yeah, well, there's one particular song that I really hope he plays. Um, it's called It's All In My Head, the, you know, the one about, like, hearing um, sort of you know your own interpretations of things just in your head so uh yeah well thanks very much for speaking to me it's been really really good oh thanks for having me it's been really fun oh she's a lovely girl really and um yeah, really talented singer-songwriter. I've heard her songs like flying around my head uh, this year and uh, end of last year. Um, do go check out her music. Also check out the music videos we talk about because they're really nice. They all look cool. They've all got their own style and they all look fantastic. Also, it's great to talk about mental health issues. We've all suffered with internal demons and um, it's really important to, to share how you're feeling with people. Um, even if you feel like it's insignificant, good to get it out there okay on the show next time we're speaking to a techno producer and dj who's based in berlin um she makes some disgusting techno music uh which i absolutely love and so we have a great nerdy and uh techy chat about that please donate to the podcast if you can that would be greatly appreciated But as always, I am Madeira and I will see you again soon.